Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Hello there and welcome to our Cheltenham Festival Review. I'm your host, Will Taylor. Joining me this week is just the one guest. It's Mr. Josh Bursey. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good evening. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yes, I'm, I'm relieved that we've now had a bit of time. The festival's over. We, the dust has settled. The kind of the, the regrets and the near misses, they've, they've, it's all calmed down. We can sit back and relax and just look back at what was, let's be honest, uh, at times, Probably there was a, there was there was a time where I thought this could be the greatest festival there's ever been, and then uh, then potentially for me individually maybe it degenerated a bit. Uh, how are your thoughts on the the whole thing? Yeah, I actually thought it was a really good festival, really well run. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners would have been there for any of the four days, but I was there on the Wednesday, and the crowds were certainly a little bit quieter than what it normally is, and it made for a more comfortable race-goer experience, which I really, really liked. I didn't have to queue to get a drink or anything, which was absolutely fantastic. I know you went on the Friday. How was it then? Yeah, Friday was was very good. I'm just trying to think, because we went to the Friday a couple of years ago. Well, three years ago now. Yeah. Just before COVID came. And I can't, I couldn't, I I couldn't really recall the difference, but it, 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 it certainly felt still felt very busy. I mean, the batting ring was still absolutely rammed. The parade ring, I mean, trying to get, get towards the parade ring was an absolute... No, there was no chance of that happening unless towards the end. I mean, once the kind of... I suppose after the fox hunters, after then, it was much quieter. But, you know, by then the day's kind of seeping away from you and you're chasing your losses. But, it, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a very good experience. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Maybe... Uh, <laughs> Maybe being there got sucked into a few things I shouldn't have done, but but that is but that sailor V. Um, should we crack on then? Absolutely. Okay, we'll head in day one, the Tuesday. One of, I mean, from a story point of view, from from who won the performances that we saw, I mean, it's got to be ranked up there as one of the the great Cheltenham Festival days. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic, and I think that hour. From half past three, where we had the champion hurdle through to when the mayor's hurdle finished at about ten past, quarter past four, was absolutely fantastic for everyone involved. Uh, I mean, should we start with the champion hurdle? Constitution Hill was very impressive, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, it, was, it was nine lengths in the end. And I remember Nico, when being interviewed afterwards, said, said he apologised for those who had ten lengths or more. <laughs> Uh, which is which is nice to see. I mean, I mean, I wasn't involved in the race, but it was just an incredible, just incredible. Nervy last jump a little bit. Yeah, he went uh, long a little bit there. Yeah, but you know, it, it wasn't a problem in the end. It was an inc- overall an incredible performance, and I think actually it's not constitution. It'll be, it's not even mentioned in performances of the week that I'm seeing, purely because everyone was expect almost expecting it to happen, which I think is quite unfair. I don't think we've learned anything new, but it was a fantastic performance. And just watching throughout the race, I was never in any doubt he would win. I was um, 
I was watching it with um, a friend of mine, and I, I was just saying on the first circuit, going going round for the second circuit, I think he's won this already, just the position that Nico's in. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you've got hurdles to jump, you've got things that can happen, but I just thought, keeping it simple, sensible rides, really, really, question is where now for Constitution Hill? I know they've mooted um, going chasing. The Ascot Gold Cup has also been mentioned. Yes, yes, yes. So who knows where they'll go, but I, I, I think uh, Michael Buckley and Nicky will sit down and they'll, they'll work it out what's best for the horse because I, it'll be disappointing were he to go over the fences, perhaps not take to them as well as he ha- does, ha- does have hurdling and for his legacy to be a bit dark tarnished. But I think yeah. we're getting stuck in an obsession with the unbeaten horse. And I think the right thing would be to go chasing. And if they can go and win an article or even just go straight into a champion chase, see what happens. And mm. they, they've even said the possibility of going for a gold cup in the future. The sky is the limit. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what happens. Yeah, I mean, I look at Constitution, I think, surely too good. Surely the horse has t- got too much quality to just to be running in the Arkle. I mean, that's just my opinion. I, d- I think that would be a waste. I mean, I look at the, the market now, 7-2 for the Arkle next year. Uh, and then the Turners, I think, is it six? It might be 6-1 six, uh, six to one for, the, for, the, for the Turners. I mean, unlikely they'll go there, to be honest. The Imperial Pass will probably end up there. But... I mean, it, the, the sky is the sky is the limit for this horse. Uh, someone was saying they could send him over to France for the for, for the Ark. I mean, that's just. I mean, I mean, a tad fanciful because let's be. I mean, it's not going to happen. But uh, the sky is the limit. I. So there's a, there's a debate about whether they stay hurdling and do you become do you just try and be the greatest hurdler of all time? I don't know. I think if you were to win a champion hurdle. And then to win a gold cup, I mean, that'd be incredible. At the end of the day, I think uh, Michael Buckley is very much up for anything, really, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the problem will that we'll have though, if he does go over fences, is you've got the arc or you've got the turners. Whichever one he goes for, the field is going to be decimated. So the other yes. race is going to be a really deep race, mm. and the arc or the turners might turn into. A four-runner race or a three-runner race, even, which is not something we want to see. Yeah, I mean, Willie Mullins was talking about with um, Imperial Pass, saying, "Oh, you know, we could be looking at the, com- the champion hurdle. We could be looking at going over fences." I mean, re- that's code for just basically saying we'll go wherever Constitution Hill doesn't go. And Absolutely. it's just a bit, and it's a bit. Oh, I, I don't know. I think Imperial Pass is a very, very good horse. I think it could give Constitution Hill a, a real go. Now, I mean, I'd rather Constitution Hill win. I mean, that's not just from a Britain v. Ireland thing. I mean, you know, that's just a bit silly. But I think I think we, horse racing needs a real superstar. And Constitution Hill is, is, is that. Yeah, I, so I, think, it, I, think, I think when you're, when you're talking about Imperial Pass, you're just playing Willie Mullins bingo there. We all know how that ends. Yes. I mean, he's, he's an impossible man to predict. So I think we, we've just got to... We've just got to say, what a performance from Constitution Hill, and I'm looking forward to see him wherever he runs next. Mm. Were we disappointed with State Man at all? Not, not really. I mean, he still beat um, Zana here by four lengths, which is, 
I mean, it's similar to how far he's beaten by in the Irish champion hurdle. I, I think he's done what he can, and I think it was a fine performance. And, you know, a performance that could have won a champion hurdle in perhaps mm. a few years gone by. But, you know, yeah. you've got to beat the horses that are there on the day, and he did not have anywhere near enough to beat Constitution Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, so the rest of the Tuesday, the, the, the other big... The, the, the big story, emotionally at least, was Honeysuckle. We touched on it earlier. It was Honeysuckle in the Mayor's, mayor's Hurdle. And the, just the noise that was rever- reverberating around the parade ring when Rachel uh, Blackmore came in with Honeysuckle and, and the, the support that was there for Henry de Bromhead and the family and everybody involved. And, of course, the horse... The story with the horse, the story with the De Bromheads as well. I, mean, I, I, I've never, I've never heard. I would see. I see it on TV, but I've never heard anything like that, really. Yeah, and I, I was absolutely delighted for the Brom, the Bromhead family. They've been through absolute hell this year. Something no one should ever have to go through at all. And Honeysuckle did that in some style, and she was backed like defeat was out of the question. To be honest, I know you and Jack were quite. Quite keen on Marie's Rock for this race. They that's yeah. your nap of day one at the festival, and it was uh, beaten, I'm afraid. But I don't think seeing the reaction that Honeysuckle got, you can complain really. Uh, look, no, I mean, I I napped up uh, Marie's Rock. I was confident at the time. I can ha- I can I will happily hold my hands up and say I was completely wrong. Marie's Rock, I I was I was actually. I wasn't, obviously, I'm not going to complain about the result. It's fantastic. It's brilliant for racing. But I was disappointed with Marie's Rock. I thought it was a really poor display. I don't know what was going on there, whether there was something wrong, whether just whether it was just overhyped. I'm not sure. Uh, but Honeysuckle winning, very, very special. Um, and you were always keen. You were always keen, weren't you, Josh? And yeah, Jack- I was. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think... I think the thing is with Marie's Rock is Connections have come out and said the race wasn't run to suit, and I think yeah. they are very much regretting the fact they didn't go for the Stayers Hurdle. And they're going to go up to three miles for Aintree, so interesting to see what happens there. I, I mean, I even though you and Jack had losing naps, I mean, I didn't fare much better. Uh, I had a <laughs> Ilete Tomps in the Supreme uh, yes. who could only finish fifth, which was incredibly disappointing. Mm. Um, but you did successfully lay one in the Supreme. Fasal Vega laid. Yes. No, I was I, 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 I was going to say this. I think Fasal Vega is a horse that, that has lots of potential. Uh, and But I don't think it's got enough quality at the moment, at least to win races like that. Uh, so I was never, I was never, especially with the run at the Dublin Racing Festival, I was never confident with Fasal Vega. And especially at that prize, I thought Olay is a very easy option here, especially because I was very confident that Marie Nationale was going to win. And I, and I wish that I said Marie Nationale as my nap uh, for day one. I think it was, I think it wasn't getting enough. It was always slipping under the radar a bit in the, in the preview, doing the preview rounds. I was very confident. It was a very impressive uh, win. I know Fasal Vega made a slight mistake at the last. I still think Marie National wins that race if Vega jumps the last well. Michael O'Sullivan put a brilliant ride. I mean, for that, the, the pressure he would have been under, a uh, fantastic, fantastic ride for him. And then he also got another winner later on the day, which we'll, which we might just touch upon. But a fantastic ride. Elated Tomps, Josh. 
I was never, as, I never shared your confidence. And I thought if LAC Thompson wins the Supreme, it's going to be, a, it will have to have been a pretty poor Supreme. Yeah, definitely. Um, and well, the, the Supreme was a decent race. Marine National won the race with absolute ease. And Michael O'Sullivan rode two winners on the day. Jazzy Matty, the other one in the yes. Boodles, which was a very good ride as well. Um, I think we've also just got to touch upon um, touch upon Chemical Energy, who me and Jack were both very keen on in the final race. And I thought Chemical Energy was coming to take Marla Mission when Marla yep. Mission fell two out. And I genuinely think had Marla Mission stayed up, mm-hmm. Chemical Energy perhaps would have got up. At that point, Chemical Energy um, was was catching... Uh, Marla Mission, the sectional show at a faster rate than Gallo Duminil, and I think yeah. being left alone out in front didn't uh, didn't suit Chemical no, Energy yeah. at all. But Gallo Duminil was mine and Jack's lay, and did yes. win. And uh, I think they they're thinking about going for the Grand National with Gallo Duminil, but I don't think he's got enough gears for it, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, the Grand National is very much a lottery when it comes into it. Uh, I, I have to say, although I didn't lay Gardu Manil officially, I, I was, I was, it was, it was definitely a, a consideration. I was never confident that Gardu Manil was going to, I wasn't as anti as, as Jack and yourself were, and I certainly wasn't as keen on chemical energy, especially considering the, what had been happening with the, with the weather and the ground. And, and actually the performance surprised me a tad. I was thinking, oh goodness me, there'd been a lot of, Talk a lot of money for Minella Crooner going into it, and in the end, uh, did it did it did it fall? One of the one of the fences did it pull up? I can't I can't recall. Uh, it certainly didn't certainly didn't offer an awful amount. But yeah, Gaudu Manil potentially going for the Grand National, just as Coric Rambler will winning of the Altona again. <laughs> and the way it, when it's the way it steamed up the the hill towards the end, it, it felt like I was watching her. A replay of last year's. Yeah, I was I was on the second fast or slow, but you can't help so but, be, but be impressed by the performance from Kurt Rambler, and I think it was a really really good ride from Derek Fox. Didn't even use the stick that much either, to be honest. Just got Kurt mm-hmm. Rambler to the right place at the right time. I, I think dangerous if he can replicate that in the national, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to with such a quick. Turn around. Just before we move on to day two, a quick word for El Fabiola as well, who won yes. the article in, I think we have to say, impressive fashion from John Bond. It was a very impressive performance. It was. It was. I was keen on John Bond, but as I said in the uh, when we were discussing our owners' double, I did mention the Simon Munir, Isaac yes. Uh, El Fabiolo in Perry Pass, which did indeed come to pass. In Perry Pass came to pass. So, uh, so there we go. Right, we'll head on to Wednesday. We talk about the. We'll start with the big race, of the feature race today, which was the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Now, I have to offer an apology to the listeners. I was very, very confident throughout this. I've been confident basically the whole year, really, and uh, I napped it up as uh, for the day. Edwardstone, and uh, unfortunately, the performance was not there. Uh, there were there were some concerns. I was seeing some some people were concerned about the, pre- the the horses' preparations, um, and I kind of largely dismissed it. And it turns out they were right. 
uh, Edwardston, comfortably beaten by Emma Gamin, who retained the crown as the top champion chaser over two miles. Josh, your thoughts? Well, I Enigamin was my lay of the day, um, but the rain came for Enigamin, and he was backed like defeat was out of the question, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that Edward Stone's prep for the race was um, 100% there. I think he might have picked up a little knock at some point and had to prepare for it, so that might explain the below-par performance. But nothing could really match Enigamin on the day, and it was a fantastic performance from the reigning uh, champion chase winner two seasons in a row now. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see We'll see what happens uh, next year. Uh, we'll just have a look. Market. I mean, Enigami is 5-2 to two to retain the crown next year. El Fabiolo 3s, John Bon 8-1, to one, Constitution Hill 10s. I would say John Bon, two miles not enough. But, yeah, I, uh, I'd, I'd say he'll go up to the Ryanair trip, but we'll see you next season. Indeed, we shall. Uh, Day two started with the Ballymore in Perry Pass winning. Was drifted drifted on the day. Hermes Allen was absolutely smashed uh, in the market beforehand, despite having drifted considerably the night before. And then Imperial Pass puts in an absolute stormer of a performance. Yeah, I think the Hermes Allen drift was partly to do with the um, the poor show from uh, Tamuris in the Supreme yeah. Novices Hurdle. Definitely went out to too big. Nine to two was too big. Um, and, you know, jumped fairly well. Just didn't have it in him, to be honest. Uh, Impero Pass was was the horse to be with on the previous circuit beforehand. And it was, Julie yeah. won in a very, very impressive style, getting a nice split up the inner. I was there and oh, it was a fantastic performance. Absolutely fantastic performance. Can't, mm. can't fault it, to be honest. No, a word for Goodland though, for the good people. That's me, joke. <laughs> for the for the Barry Connell double backers with Marie National Goodland, uh, went went quite well and was, I thought badly uh, hampered by Champ Kylie jumping across. But yeah, you know, definitely. But would w- would never have got there. Um, no. I, I think I, I think probably would have been probably would have been in second. I think. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I I backed the Barry Connell double, um, yeah. but but actually, I I ended up um, having a bet on Impero Pass as a bit of a lay against the double. Yes. Um, and it was the same <laughs> It was the same the day before. I backed Marine National as a lay against um, Ilete Tom. So I ended up yeah. with, with two winners, which were basically just, just lays in the first races of the first yeah. two days. The real whacker was also incredibly impressive, I thought. Really, really good performance. Mm. Um, in the in the Brown Advisory, but Jerry Jerry Colom looks like he could potentially be suited to a step up to the Gold Cup trip. I think so. Stayed on very well. Uh, very very nearly got there. I I, I hadn't been on Jerry Colom at all um, during the whole anti post build up, and then I just thought with the ground coming, oh, there's a lot of it felt like there was momentum, and I thought I've got to be getting involved somehow. So I just. Got involved, I think, in an Enigamine, purely because of the ground, even though I was never really keen, but because of the ground, Delta work, uh, which we'll touch on, and uh, Jerry Colom travel, <laughs> and of course, what happens, Enigamine, Delta work win, and Jerry Colom gets uh, done by, well, was it nose? We'll call it a nose. Yeah, short short head, I think. Short, short head, short head. Yeah, but real whacker, very impressive, good, good win there. Uh, what what else? Well, we could briefly mention Delta work in the cross country. 
I mean, everyone, we expected it to win, even though I laid it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's happened two, two seasons in a row, though, that Delta Work kind of looked approaching the last, the weaker of the two in contention, and yeah. has found that extra gear up the hill. And I think that's what impresses me every time. And I think going going back to the national will certainly be interesting. Um, could definitely see him improving on his third place finish last year, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Galvin was game. I think had the had the ground yeah. been better, would have was definitely still a very good chance. I mean, only lost by two and a half lengths. So. Yes. Was there anything else that caught your eye on the Wednesday, Josh? I mean, the bumper. I know it's a race you got a lot of time for. Well, you say that, but I actually was going to talk about the bumper. I backed um, a horse called Lecky Watson, who was oh, yes. at eighty to one, finished fourth, but was squeezed out before um, kind of going to the last by. I'm not sure if it was by the winner or the second place horse, but was squeezed out, and there was a stewards' inquiry into it. Lecky Watson certainly would have finished a lot closer had um, he not been squeezed out. You know, potentially could have even won the race. I'm not saying he would have done by any stretch, but I definitely think Lecky Watson is one to keep on your radar, put put in your tracker because you might get a bigger price than normal next season when he races and goes into novice hurdles. Very, very good. Um, was there anything else? No, that's all for me on. The, on the Wednesday, except for Dan Skelton finally getting a win with Langer Dan at the Cheltenham Festival. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, Mascada with the Grand Annual. You, that was, you, you were on that one, weren't you? Yeah, well, I, w- I wasn't going to boast, but Mascada was my, my decent, <laughs> decent price winner at the festival. I was I was on at um, 25s and was very, very happy um, for Dara to get that win on the board. First Cheltenham Festival winner. Very, very good. Right, we'll head into the Thursday. And we'll talk. We'll just get straight to it. The stairs hurdle. The market was all over the. Well, it was all over the place. I'll start with the French horse Gold Tweet. Got absolutely obliterated into the market. Got short as four to one. It's yeah, well, I, I, I backed Gold Tweet the night before at twelve to one. So I was kind of thinking, oh, that's that's quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, think I, I, I thought I had quite a good position on the race with that bet, and I also had a bet anti-post on both Blazing Cow and Dashel Drasher. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Um, uh, I, don't, I, I think I got on Gold Tweet about sevens just as it was really starting to show. I thought I've got to get involved, and then. I think that's got to be considered one of the worst rides I've ever seen for a championship race. Yeah, I, yeah, just sat so far out the back and just left himself with no chance. Um, I, I was I was impressed with Side of Berlin the way he ran it up the hill, but oh. I, <laughs> I I really kind of a furlong and a half out. I was thinking, could this be the day for Dashiell Drasher? And I was I was disappointed because I think Dashiell Drasher, as I've said before, only stays two miles six and a half furlongs. And I think <laughs> I think yeah. if you had a two mile six and a half furlong hurdles race at Cheltenham Festival, he would be your winner. But Cider yeah. S- Burley rallied really well up the hill. So did Tehupu. Unfortunately, um, well, didn't get past Dashiell Drasher, but got the decision in stewards. Although. I believe the connections of Dashiell Drasher are considering an appeal there, so that could be changed oh, right, in the okay. future. 
Blazing Carl was slightly disappointing back in fifth, but I think the exertions of the boy in hurdle the month before might yeah. have taken their toll, especially with that nasty cut you've got from that race. I thought um, Home by the Lee was actually quite an impressive one there. I think ha- think if the ground had been better and yeah. he, and Home by the Lee had travelled better on the first circuit, definitely would have been in with a chance. But it, it was it was a messy race, really, wasn't it? Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, it was an absolute nightmare. I mean, I I can't think who on earth would have been on side if they lay there. An absolute massive win for the bookmakers, uh, and it, it was it was good to see Flooring Porter uh, do do his thing, even if he did just lose a bit of ground at the end. Uh, what well, the big the other the other big race of the first eight was the Ryanair. I'm talking, talking about kind of Ryanair distances. A Ryanair hurdle would suit uh, Dashiell Drescher quite well. But, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but where Envoy Allen, a horse that I may, uh, I, well, I have to say again, I gave very, uh, very little chance, upset the odds and defeated the home favourite and the favourite in the market, Shishkin. Well, you may have given Envoy Allen very little chance, but I think I, you'll find that me and Jack, on our preview yeah. show, we're very keen on Envoy's chances. Yes, and um, a lot of people were saying that Shishkin, ah, oh, his chance went when he made a mistake at the top of the hill. And and yes, he did make a mistake there, but so did Envoy Allen at the same fence. And Envoy Allen recovered better from the mistake and went on to win. And I think he was an absolutely worthy winner. I, I, I think Shishkin in a Gold Cup could be interesting, but mm. he is getting a bit old now. Um mm. So I, I I wouldn't be, be getting involved and post or anything like that, but I'd I'd, what, I'd love to see it. What I would say is, okay, we, we disagree. We disagree slightly on the mistakes that both horses made. I my, I would say that Shishkin's mistake was worse than Envoy Allen's, even though Envoy Allen did make a, a mistake. But Envoy Allen travelled significantly better the whole way around. Travelled very well actually. Shishkin travelled terribly. Let's be honest. And still managed to actually come second and only lost, only lost by two and a half lengths. So it was actually, despite being a terrible ride all the way around, it was also a brilliant ride. So <laughs> it was, it was, it was a, a bizarre one there. Uh, you just, you could sense, you could almost sense it in the air just before the race. Some of the market, the market was all, it was just shifting a little bit. It was drip. There was a going from towards even money. You could see her. Uh, he heard bookmakers on the course laying the horse. It was a funny one there. We'll see what happens. Uh, Stage star winning the uh, Turners, upsetting the the market, Mighty Potter, which I did lay, much to um, derision from Jack Jack and yourself. Stage yeah. star. I, having looked back at the sectional times, mm-hmm. I think that Flatters stage star a little bit, and I'm I'm not saying he's a bad winner by any stretch. It was a fantastic ride by mm. Harry Cobden, but the finishing speed in that race was 110, percent and that tells you that it was an incredibly slowly run race, and he got a very very easy lead. So over a strong, more strongly run race, Mighty Potter probably I think would have won. Was definitely staying on at the end, mm. and. The leaders definitely would have come back to him, but that that's their fault for not going fast enough. It was a really, really good ride from Harry Cobden and a really, really good win. Yeah, yeah. Paul Nichols there, getting a winner. 
was that was his first uh, for three years, which is just incredible. And yeah. uh, Johnny De- Johnny Deneen <laughs> saying that there were going to be none. There you go. Um, the a good win for Good Time Johnny in the Potemps. Josh, you were you were a fan. You were a fan of Salvador Ziggy, weren't you? I was a fan of Salvador Ziggy, but I also remember saying after the Dublin Racing Festival, where Good Time Johnny ran over an inadequate tri- inadequate trip. I'm going to back him next time he steps up to three miles. Yeah. And consequently, I did not back him uh, for this race and um, had my fingers burnt with a win-only bet on Salvador Ziggy. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I uh, it was one of those where I think I was on... I can't even remember who I was on, to be honest with you. Oh, um, Mocha Davassi. That's what I was on. Yeah. <laughs> I've it tried was... to... <laughs> It was a messy race. I mean, yes, good time yes. Johnny hit 200-odd in running. Um, clearly wasn't expected to win, but did pick up really, really nicely up the hill. It, w- it was a good race to watch, really exciting, but you can't really make head nor tail of it. And I think if you run the race three more times, you probably get three different results. Yeah. Um, was there any, any, any particular story of the day that you wanted to mention that we haven't covered? Not necessarily a story of the day, but I would just like to mention the fact that my um, my lay in this race was successful in the mayor's novice hurdle. I laid Lucia, yes, um, was was confident Lucia wouldn't win. I was also confident that Magical Zoe would win, though. And yes. I, I think Magical Zoe comes out of the festival as one of the eye catchers of the week. I thought she went round the houses in that race, and I don't think the ride was necessarily the best. And I think if you ran that race again, I think Adrian Heskin would like to sit a little bit closer and perhaps would have been a hell of a lot closer come the end of the race. Yeah, actually, I'm just looking through our, our lays. We all got we all got our lays correct, in, in a sense. Lucia, Mighty Potter and Tiapu all, all beaten. So I would say every one of our maps failed. Dunboyne, Stumptown. And so Scottish. That's in in stark contrast to the day before, where every one of our lays won. <laughs> yes, 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 they did. That's yeah. There we go. We do say we do say at the start of the program we are not professional tipsters and always gamble responsibly. So, <laughs> <laughs> or take everything that we say. Well, maybe not everything we say. Take some things we say with a pinch of salt. Uh, right, we're heading to the Friday Gold Cup day. Let's get into it. The Gold Cup. I thought. An incredible renewal. Gallop and Deschamps. I may have laid. Well, I did lay. Uh, but I thought that was an, just incredible. An incredible performance, considering the fact that he looked quite ropey going round. And Brave Man's Game, I thought, ran a fantastic race too. Yeah, fantastic performance from Gallop and there. But I think the ride from Paul was actually a fantastic ride. Switch, yes. Switched off out the back, brought him into the race kind of a few fences out, and one going away up the hill. I would be interested to know what would have happened had a Hoyt and your stayed up because I think a Hoyt and your was going really well when he fell. He'd mm. barely he'd he'd barely touched the twig. Yeah. Um I just want I just want to know what would have happened because I did I did back him and it's the not knowing that annoys me. You know, if he's if he's carried on and he'd be beaten twenty lengths into into six, then fine. But 
I'd like to know. I think the, the other eye catcher for the race was Noble Yates, who couldn't go the early gallop, but stayed on really well into fourth, was nearly challenging, completed for third. I think a lot of people will look at that and they'll go, oh, Grand National, Noble Yates. But I think at the current price of kind of around eight, nine to one, you can't really touch him for it, to be honest. Especially no, no. Uh, with, the, with the carnage that happens in that race. He's, he's way too short for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought Noble Yates did well. Uh, a shout out to Hewick as well, who I thought ran a fantastic race. Um, just uh, look, didn't look at, it looked quite a bad four. I don't think they're going to go to, they're not going to go to Aintree now. No, they, uh, they've, they're, they're definitely skipping the Grand National. They've yeah. said they, they might come back to Sandown for the Bet365 Gold Cup, or right. they could perhaps run at Punchestown. Yeah, I heard, I heard Punchestown. I hadn't heard Sandown, to be fair. Uh, and it was interesting, uh, Aplutard got hampered a bit badly, and then from then on it was game over, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit unlucky in the race. I think Henry was pleased with the run, though, and I think they'll take that moving forward to next season to try and get him back to his absolute best. Yeah. And then just one quick note on Minella Indo. Some people were tipping up, up, up as a potential each way shout. Obviously, that was a, it was a jockey change with uh, Nick and Boyle having to come on uh, because Mark Walsh got injured. Um, not quite sure what happened there with, to, to Mark. Obviously, it was in the Albert Bartlett where Corbett's Cross decided to go walk about at the end. Uh, Minella Indo, uh, it was just disappointing performance. Didn't make the trip. Uh, Josh, well, t- taking that segue into the Albert Bartlett. Yes, um, yes. Cor- Corbett's Cross did go through the wings at the last when when almost ran out at the last and took Mark Walsh through the wings when challenging yeah. for the lead. But stay away, Faye, for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobbton ended up a really, really impressive winner. Um, yes. There are there are a few, few eye catchers in there. I know one you like finished third. It did. Sandal again. I had mentioned it as a. I had I got involved a lot, quite a long time ago as one of my early anti-post selections, and then, and then there was a massive drift on the day, which I couldn't really understand. Uh, and then I, I had to dip, had to dip back in. I think I got twenty twos, and I think I dipped back in again for twenty eights. Uh, so, so I got, so I got my money back with some, with some, with some good interest there. I thought ran a, I thought was the best horse in the race and should have won. Um, sure, I think Sean O'Keefe. When looking back at the at that race, will be kicking himself with the ride. Just found himself in positions where he just didn't want to be, especially early on. Had too much ground to make up. Uh, but but I think they'll. I think uh, Paul Nolan will 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 take will take that going into next season, going in going chasing. Uh, that Sandal Kilgain has definitely got a future uh, of a three mile chaser. So it'll be interesting to see there. But Josh, do you have any? Anyone anyone else that stood out in that race for you? No, not really, to be honest. I mean, both of my picks were uh, were pulled up out the back of the telly. Um, so oh. I'm just not going to mention them. There you go. I will just add that I did nap three card brag. Just uh, was was always it was was always in and around. Just didn't really have that extra that extra. I can't that extra. That extra boost, I couldn't. I can't speak at the moment. They just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't quite, couldn't quite find it there, which was a shame. But, uh, but a good, but a very entertaining race to watch. Certainly, certainly from the course, at least. Very open, yeah. Uh, we had the mayor's chase, 
which was quite a, which was built up really as a as a, a kind of semi a semi built up as a as a two horse race between impervious and allegory de Vassi. Josh, you laid allegory de Vassi. Jack napped allegory de Vassi, and it's you who takes the spoils. Yeah, but I don't think allegory de Vassi ran that badly, to be honest. Kind of watching. No. Watching that race, um, I, I laid Allegory de Vassi because of the jumping out to the right, and she jumped in the main part fairly straight. Um, yeah. It was actually a really, really good performance. I think Impervious just had extra gears going up the hill, and it was an f- absolutely fantastic performance. What I mean, it was one of the most impressive performances of the week from me. And, mm. you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of races like the Mayor's Chase, but you can't help but think, wow, when watching Impervious rally up the Cheltenham Hill like that. Really, really good performance. Yeah, no, it was very, very good. And I think the fact that Allegri de Vassi got, got her head in front right at the last, or at least yeah. near enough, Impervious was able to rally back, get back, get back in front. Very, very impressive from Impervious. Uh, Josh, you also wanted to talk about the winner of the Martin Pipe. Yeah, another one of my eye-catchers of the festival, and I think um, could potentially improve even more going forward, Rocco won yes. the Martin Pipe um, for the um, the Oliver Greenall team. Really, really fantastic performance. Um, looked like he was beat at one stage up the running, but really ran, did well to rally going through the centre, uh, beating no ordinary Joe, another JP McManus. Horse, I think the plan is potentially to go novice chasing next season, and I think he'll be a weapon to go to war with, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I was very keen on cool, I've been very keen on cool survivor for the uh, for this race from quite a long way out, and uh, just never really, just never really uh, travelled. So, and just like my other pick of the race was Spanish Harlem, which I knew was one of those where. Where it could be brilliant or it could be terrible, and it yeah. was terrible. Yeah, it, well fancied horses like Imagine and My Tie ran well enough, uh, but I don't yeah. think there's. I think it was perhaps a subpar Martin Pipe compared to previous mm. years, and I don't yeah. think we're going to have the likes of a Galapand de Champs in there to come out of that race. Um, mm. Another one of my eye catchers from the day, though, and of the whole week, came in the Triumph Hurdle. Can you guess who that is? Well. Yeah, was it, I don't know, Gal- Galamasso? Oh, funny you should say that. What makes you think that? <laughs> stayed on relatively well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lossy Mouth won that race with loads in hand, but Galamasso yeah. was staying on all the way up the hill, and I think stepped up in trip next year to perhaps the mayor's hurdle. Um, mm. Could be seen to much better effect, and I think... I think that's probably the race they'll end up targeting for Calamarso, and I wouldn't be surprised if she wins it. I think you can kind of get 20s around about now, and I'm not one for having a punt straight after the Cheltenham Festival, but if if I were to have a bet for next year, that would be one of the stronger ones. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, Lossy Mouth was, was impressive in winning Calamarso very, very game second. Uh, just in terms of a couple of eye catches that I forgot to mention, Time White in the Grand Annual, I thought was going really, really well. Looked looked very impressive. Obviously, we, we'll never know what would have happened uh, when when falling there. And of course, Camprond as well. Um, I think had it been dry, 
uh, champion uh, in the Coral Cup, would have uh, would have hosed up. But instead, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I would definitely agree with that. I think uh, last year, Camprons, again, ran really well in the Coral Cup. It's a really tough yeah. race, the Coral Cup. Ran, re- ran really well and then came out and won well at Punchestown. And I think this year, if they follow a similar path, Camprons could yet again have another win at Punchestown. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised at all. Um, with that, we have the Cheltenham Festival... All the days reviewed. We'll go into our favourite and not so favourite moments of the week. Josh, what stands out as your moment of the week? I think my moment of the week, um, not just for my financial gain, but for yes. the representation of where the horse has kind of come from. He's been over heights a little bit and he's kind of come back and won a fantastic race. Was Envoy Allen winning the Ryanair? I think. Okay. Um, he was certainly overhyped in his novel hurdle, no, novice hurdle days as one of the best horses to ever um, to ever walk the earth, really. And yes. <laughs> I, I'm delighted that he's come back, especially after the turbulent time of moving from Gordon's yard across to Henry's yard, and he's won that race in fantastic style. And I hope next season he can win another couple of Grade Ones like he has this year. Fair enough. I think my moment of the festival, much like the last couple of festivals, because I always seem to do well in this race, was in the Supreme. Marie Nationale absolutely storming up the hill to start off what I thought was going to be a week of a lifetime. Uh, <laughs> Michael O'Sullivan with a brilliant, brilliant ride, leaving the likes of Fasal Vega, who all the mug punters would have been on, leaving them in their wake. Oh, it was uh, it, it, the, the excitement that I was expressing was incredible. Uh, we'll then move on though to uh, perhaps moment that we regret uh, regret of the week. We'll call it that regret of the week. Well, my regret of the week, um, despite being very keen on the horse for the race, I did not back Hiroko for the Martin Pipe. <laughs> Uh, me, me and my partner always have a bit of a competition throughout the Cheltenham Festival to see who can tip the most winners. I, I, I tipped it uh, against her, but I could not, for the life of me, um, have a penny on it. And I don't know why. I, it might have been something to do with the fact that I was convinced that uh, West of the Bridge was going to run very well in the race, but I did not have a penny on. And the Martin Pipes are a race I tend to do quite well on. And I, I was a bit disappointed, to be honest. Well, uh, I know I know I know how it feels to to narrowly miss out in the Martin Pipe. There we go. Uh, my regret of the week actually comes from the Gold Cup, not just because I laid Galapan de Champs and it won, but because on the morning I I got involved in Brave Man's game each way, and I thought Brave Man's game, the sun if the sun is out, the the, the ground will be drying, the conditions will suit perfectly. Uh, well, n- near enough. And so I got involved each way. They got six to one. I thought that's fine. If I if it places, I'll get my money back with a bit of interest. And then on the course, I thought, okay, yeah, you know, I'll get. I might dip back in each way. I might dip back in each way. And what did I do? Just backed it on the nose. So what happens? Get Brave Fans game come second, and I'm there left going. Well, instead of making a little bit of money from that race, I'm down considerably. So that's and that's how it goes. Always listen to your own advice. There you go. Absolutely, and I would just add that. Alongside this review show coming up, we will have a revised power rankings for you. I know a lot of you 
love the power rankings episode we did before the Cheltenham Festival. Obviously, when we've had such a big festival like that, we do need to uh, revisit the rankings. I can think of a certain uh, certain Lucia might be dropping out of the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. I see, I also seem to recall when we're going through the power rankings saying that when Edwardston wins the champion chase, is he going to hit the top three? And of course, <laughs> I doubt, I doubt he's in the top 20 now, to be honest. Uh, Josh, uh, any other business? No, no, I think it was a fantastic festival and I'm really, really looking forward to next year's already. <laughs> we've, we've got plenty to come though before we've got the power rankings we'll be looking forward to Aintree we've also got Punchestown and then we'll be having the flat season Way you can hear the excitement in our voices but we do have plans to get some guests on for the flat season who perhaps might be a little bit um, have a little bit more insight than us Yes, they may be. They may provide a little bit more inspiration. Uh, but Josh, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, been a pleasure as usual. I've been your host, Will. Uh, there we go. Cheltenham done for another year. We look forward to next year. We've got plenty more to come in between. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.